0: Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Rev. Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. God is my everything. say amen. We are challenged financially, emotionally, physically, psychologically. We are missing physical gatherings of the church, and we are missing our handshakes and our Holy Ghost hugs, but I thank God that we have the knowledge that the church lives within us. This is truly a season when we should reflect, on our relationship with God and our status in the kingdom of God. And one of the questions that we should ask ourselves, or probably the only question, is are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? And really, there is no in between. You are either in a disciple of Jesus Christ or you're not. Do you have a health care? power of attorney? Do you have a will or a trust? Does your family know your final wishes? Is your passport current, Deacon Cherie? Is it out of date or is it current and up to date with the Lord? And I just thank God for the blessing of knowing that whenever my transition takes place, that I shall see my Lord and Savior for myself. Can I get a witness? That no matter what day it comes, that I will see my master for myself. I thank God for our worship team. Thank God for our musicians, our minister of music. Hallelujah. I thank God for our praise team. I thank God for multimedia. I thank God that God can have nine people together, me being 10, and it sounds as if we have a 100. But that's the kind of God that we serve. Our God can do anything, at any time, anywhere. I thank God for Minister Brett, who said to us last year, we needed to understand Zoom. And I'm saying, why? He says, well, Pastor, the day is coming. Minister Brett, I'm so glad you listened to Lord. So now we're praying through Zoom, having meetings through Zoom. And I just say, thank you, God for moving Minister Brett to such a place of wisdom. We thank God. I thank God for everyone who blesses our church, and I thank God for the saints who are praying right now. Let us pray. Most holy and everlasting God, we bless your name. We thank you for being an awesome God. We thank you, dear God, that you are relevant in all seasons. And we thank you, God, for blessing us at all times. Father, I pray right now for a fresh anointing. And I pray, dear God, for a word that will bless your people. I pray, dear God, whatever it is that we need from you, that we will get it in this worship experience. And I pray, dear God, that your will will go forward. And we promise to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the love we can, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the church said, Amen. In John, the 20th chapter, verse number 13, they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. The title of my sermon is, In Times Like These. In Times Like These. We live in very troubling times, and the entire world has been impacted by COVID-19. Healthcare workers are showing up to Econino for work every day, risking their own lives so that they can save others. Many Americans are bankrupt with no way to pay their bills or purchase food for their homes. And many people are dying without the presence of the soft touch of a loved one. Can you imagine saying goodbye to a person you love through FaceTime or on an iPad? The statistics show that the death rate of African Americans surpasses all other ethnic groups. That comes as no great surprise since the evidence shows that when you lack access and you live in poverty, that your health is not always a priority. There are people in Africa right now suffering and dying because they have no access to medical services due to the government shutdown as a result of COVID-19. Women are dying in childbirth. People are dying because they do not have clean water. And here we are still able to make our own decisions about what we're going to do while we are sheltering in place. We're sheltering in place with running water. We're sheltering in place with refrigerators. We're sheltering in place with food to eat. We're sheltering in place with a master who ministers to us. It's about time that we realize that sheltering in place is not enough. It is time for us to worship God in spirit and in truth. Fires and floods and earthquakes and tornadoes are devastating large areas. And if we look around, judges are overturning biblical standards for political reasons. Yes, in times like these, we need to know the Lord. It is easy to become discouraged, worried, and fearful when you do not know what tomorrow will bring. But there's something about Jesus that allows us to have comfort in knowing that the Lord is still Lord, and the Lord reigns supreme, and that the Lord reigns forever. In a society where no longer has absolutes, believers do need to know that we have an absolute, and that absolute is Jesus, and the evidence is the grave was empty on resurrection morning. In times like these, we need the Bible. In times like these, we need a savior. In times like these, we need a solid rock as an anchor. In times like these, we need to know where we stand in our relationship with God. We are told that in 1943, Ruth K. Jones, a pastor's wife in Pennsylvania, and the mother of five was distressed, Minister Benita, by the headlines of her Pittsburgh newspaper. She saw the World War II casualty list growing and she realized that the Allies were making slow progress through the boot of Italy. Supplies were rationed at home and everyone was living under incredible strain. At opening her Bible, the Lord led her to 2 Timothy 3.1. Ruth studied the page and pondered the opening words But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. In the last days perilous times will come. And a song began to compose itself in her mind. She jotted down the lyrics on the small pad in her apron pocket and a series of notes also played in her mind. And soon the notes and the music congealed to become one of the most beloved gospel songs of the 1940s and the 1950s. And that song is, In Times Like These. In times like these, we need a savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. Be very, very sure, be very, very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. The rock is Jesus, yes, he's the one. The rock is Jesus, the only one. And the song goes on to say, be very sure, be very sure your ankle holds and grips the solid rock. Ruth's song may have been inspired by 2 Timothy 3.1, but it also reflects the promise found in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, which says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one that enters within the veil, because when Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become the high priest for us forever and forever and forever. So in times like these, we need to be very sure that our anchor holds and we're gripped to the solid rock. This doesn't matter if you are Episcopalian or Presbyterian or Baptist or free will Baptist or Catholic it doesn't really matter what denomination you are part of, the only key ingredient is you have to know Jesus. And you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So whether we come to 1528 or stay as we are, Jesus is the key to the future. And Jesus is the one we need to cling to. Mary Magdalene came from Magdalene. It was not unusual for someone to be identified by their birthplace. Saul of Tarsus, Jesus of Nazareth. Magdala was on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. It is often assumed that Mary Magdalene is often confused with the woman in Luke 7.31 with the alabaster jar who was called the sinner. What I realize is it doesn't matter what the world calls you. Once you've been redeemed by Jesus, everything is all right. It doesn't matter what label the world gives you. But when Jesus claims us, he sets us free. The Bible says that after Jesus had cast seven demons and healed her of an unidentified illness that Mary Magdalene became a devoted follower and disciple. What has Jesus done for you? What did Jesus take out of your body? What did Jesus take out of your mind? What? that Jesus cast out of you so that you might be a cleansed child of God. She was the first to witness the empty tomb, and there could be no doubt that she was respected and admired by Jesus. Mary Magdalene was mentioned 12 times in the four gospels, which is more than most of the disciples. She was a faithful disciple of Jesus and remained as close as possible throughout the crucifixion. The word says that she was standing, Sister Connie, outside of the tomb, and she was weeping. She needed comfort, I would think, because Mary had lost someone who loved her, who cared for her. She lost someone who had shown her the way. And Mary needs comfort. The verb comfort comes from the Latin word confideia, which means strengthen greatly. To give comfort is to shore up, the mood of our physical state or someone else. In 2 Corinthians, Paul said to the church at Corinth, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us even in our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. In other words, Paul is saying once you receive comfort, you ought to give some comfort. Paul is saying that once somebody calls you to pray for you, to lift you up, you ought to call somebody else and lift them up in the name of Jesus. Mary was weeping for the suffering Jesus, for his death, for the loss to her friends, and because she could not find his body. And John does not tell us when Mary returned to the tomb, but merely continues his account with her there. The enemies had understood that when Jesus said he would rise from the dead, and according to the synoptics, had placed special guards around to keep him in the tomb. But you know what? When God wants to set you free, you shall be free. Do you know what? When it's time for you to rise up, you will rise up according to God's plan. Mary was now alone and grief-stricken and she did not leave the tomb with the others but stopped to see inside. And the word says she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain and one was at his head and one was at his feet. And in Jewish tradition, white linen garments were worn by Jewish priests and other ancient priests and by angels. The messengers dressed in white had come from heaven to witness the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You think you traveled a little bit? They came from heaven to witness the resurrection of our Lord and Jesus Christ. However, produced, maybe it was her grief, maybe it was her tears, Mary shows no indication that she even recognizes them as angels. But the angel said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Mary was crying because she thought the body of the master had been stolen and she did not know the Lord had risen and that the victory had already been won. Is it possible that her grief was so great that she did not notice they were angels? And after answering their questions, she turned away. Have you ever been so distraught, Minister Derek, that you were not aware of what is going on around you? Have you ever been lost to your way because of personal loss of death of a loved one? Last year, I had one of these experiences. The church traveled to Connecticut to celebrate the Calvary Baptist Church that 30th anniversary. It was on Thursday, November 21st. 2019, I received a phone call to advise me that Pastor Bannister's health condition had changed and he was transitioning. I remember hearing the words, but I do not recall what happened afterwards. Deacon Jay informed me that I cried all night long. And I was thanking God for blessing me with a spiritual father who helped me to see who I am in Jesus Christ. He taught me what it means to serve God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. He shared with me that God had called me to be faithful, no need to worry about success. He taught me that there is no shortcut to sermon preparation. If you're going to preach, class, you've got to do the study. If you're going to preach the Word, you've got to spend some time with the Master. He taught me to be authentic and to be comfortable in my own skin. He said, don't try to be like anybody else. Just do what God tells you to do in the flesh that God has given you. He taught me to serve in excellence at all times. There is not a part-time assignment, regardless of the circumstances, he taught me to do my very best. And I realized that I do not know what I was gonna do without him. I can identify with Mary's emotional state and heartaches as she is seeking the location of her Lord. And yet, in the midst of Mary's grief, God gives her the confirmation she needs. We serve an awesome God who will send a word at just the right time. The Bible said that Jesus appeared to assure her that he was alive. Have you ever doubted the presence of God? Have you ever doubted whether or not that God loves you? And in that particular moment, the Holy Spirit overcomes you and you realize that God is with you. The word says she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. There had been endless speculation concerning Mary's failure to recognize Jesus, but maybe she cries like me. And maybe her eyes were full of tears and she could not see her way. Most believe it was due to her tears and her profound emotional state. I pray that when your day comes and you need confirmation from God, that God will give you whatever you need to know that God is still God. According to the scripture, Jesus opened their eyes, which would indicate that he had controlled their recognition of him. Isn't it powerful that Jesus comes and Jesus exposes himself when he wants to be exposed? (laughs) This is just so awesome. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And whom are you seeking? One of my pastor friends' wife died. And yesterday, I called him to pray with him. Matter of fact, Pastor Joseph and I called him to pray with him. And he said that he was saying things that were not necessarily good for him about her transition. But he said in his midnight hour that God showed up to him and given him the words that he ought to pray, saying, no, she's not gone forever. It's that you're just going to see her on the other side she's still here because she still lives in your heart and he went on to say that when I was down and out and as low as I thought I could go the Lord gave me a word of confirmation you ought to say amen the Lord gives us whatever we need at the time we need it so that we can go on she said sir if you have carried him away it's nothing like a woman with a made-up mind she said sir if you have carried him away let's get to the cut here where is the body of my savior and mary was still suffering bitterly from the events of the past few days you ever been close to the edge she's worked her way through the crucifixion she's worked her way through the burial she's worked her way through the crowd mary must have been exhausted i doubted she slept very much that weekend she has worked her way through the anguish and anxiety, and finally she goes to the tomb and the body's not there. She's saying, brothers, don't play with me now. Just tell me where is my Lord? And in this distraught condition, with her back to him and perhaps weeping uncontrollably, Mary did not recognize his voice until he called her by name. Hallelujah. Has the Lord ever called you by name? Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Aramit, Robana, which means teacher. Robana is more personal and less formal than rabbi and could mean my dear teacher. And then verse number 17 says that Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to tell my brothers and say to them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Imagine this, a woman, a woman who had seven demons at one time, who has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus and she gets the go to tell the message to the brothers that Jesus is alive, hallelujah. She did not yet understand the resurrection and not wanting to lose Jesus again was either clinging to him or attempting to do so. It is clear that Jesus did not want her to touch him. Jesus wanted her to go and share the good news. The encounter with Jesus gives Mary the courage to follow his instructions. In the Bible, courage is also called good cheer. In Mark chapter six, verse number 50, when Jesus gave the command to the disciples who saw him walking on the water of the Sea of Galilee, and coming toward him. The Greek word translated courage and good cheer means a literal boldness. It takes courage to stand up to preach. It takes courage to sing the songs of Zion. It takes courage to confess that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ in a world that could care less. In the Bible, courage is the opposite of fear. And when God commands us to fear not, be of good cheer. And to have courage, he is always commanding against fear. With a sense of urgency, Jesus said to Mary, go and tell my brothers that I am alive. I am ascending to my father and your father and your God and my God. And the word says that Mary Magdalene went and she announced to the disciples, that I have seen the Lord. Are you witnessing? Are you sharing that you have seen the Lord? And even though her message was not well, well received, she had only shared what she knew to be true. So when Jesus was on earth, he used names and titles of himself that Old Testament believers would recognize as marks of the Messiah son of man <clears throat> Daniel chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 in my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven he approached the ancient of days as was led into his presence Jesus said that I am the chief cornerstone There's none like me I became the chief cornerstone Jesus said, I am the bread of heaven. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread of heaven, but it is my Father in heaven. Jesus said that I'm the door of the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the light of the world. I'm the resurrection. I'm the way, the truth, and the light. I am the true And I am the Son of God. I am the first and the last, the living one. I am the promise, and behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me. To every man according to what he has done, I will render a blessing. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first, And the last, the beginning, and the end. In times like these, we need Jesus. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's my heart's desire that everyone will have a personal relationship with Jesus. my blessing to extend the invitation to Christ christian discipleship the invitation to be a disciple of jesus christ and if you are ready to receive the free gift of salvation would you just pray this prayer with me lord jesus i confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness please come into my heart as my lord and savior complete control of my life and help me to walk in the good me by the power of the Holy Spirit and the church said Amen Prayer requests or prayer report would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages. Come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina 27519. Or call us at 919 363 5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.